Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both SnoozeFest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Ryan Dowdy did everything right in life. She had her dream job, a six-figure salary. She was married. She had kids and a nice home. And she still woke up one day feeling completely unfulfilled. She knew something wasn't right. She realized it because she was chasing a dream that just wasn't hers. As an expert in sales, she created a Facebook community of over 7,000 women looking to follow their dreams of starting a profitable business. Women began joining her sales training program, not only for the incredible knowledge and results Ryan brought to the table, but also for the amazing community of empowered women Ryan sought to create. As she found more success on her journey, Ryan realized she still felt alone and misunderstood by her peers. That's when she realized she herself did not have a community to come to as the truest version of herself. Today, Ryan's mission is to create a safe space for every woman who has ever been told she's too much too picky, too loud, too anything to come together and be fearlessly themselves. Because when women connect, work together, and harness our power into one common mission, we will be invincible. Ryan, I couldn't agree more. And welcome to the show. Hi, Jane. I'm excited to be here. So before we get started, share your story because it's a really good one. (laughs) <laughs> awesome. So I, you know, going, let's go all the way back. Like I spent 15 years in the corporate world in sales, um, started as an individual contributor, got into training and coaching, had a really cool opportunity to travel the world and or travel the country and train sales teams. Um, and then was sitting as the director of sales in a digital advertising agency here in Kansas city. It was like my dream job. Um, and I was like four months in, I was coming off of maternity leave and, I just, you know, I just didn't feel right. Right. Something didn't feel right. And even then Jane starting a business did not ring true. I was just like, Oh, maybe I've just been in the same industry for 15 years. Maybe I just need to go sell something else. Right. Maybe I just need to hang out in a different industry. And, um, so that's what, you know, that's what I did, um, is networked and talked to people and ultimately learned about entrepreneurship, online entrepreneurship, the ability to take a skill that you have or a skill that you learn and, and make money around it just kind of blew my mind. Cause to me, entrepreneurship meant like a brick and mortar, opening a store, like becoming an insurance agent. Like I didn't want to do any of those things. So, um, so that's kind of where it started. And, um, I started teaching sales as you shared in my bio. So thank you for that. But I, I started teaching sales because this was before the great resignation had a name. I found these women, you know, desiring to start their own business, take control of their time, their money, you know, their, their location, all of those different things, but none of them had ever sold anything before. And, um, sales was something that came very naturally to me. I had been blessed to work for companies that invested, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in sales training and resources, um, and found it very, it came naturally. So I I built a business around that. 
Um, and it was really incredible. I loved everything about that business and the women we supported. Um, ultimately wound up opening a second business in partnership um, with a business partner at that time, then training sales teams. And then kind of had a little bit of a, a journey in the back half of 2021 where I realized that while sales is something I'm excellent at and something I'm good at and, and I really enjoy talking about, um, that my heart, like my real passion project is really about connection and empowering women um, to be the best version of themselves, to find their own version of success, whatever that looks like, right? Is it becoming a sleep consultant? Is it starting a freelancing business? Is it staying in a job or leaving that job that you hate and finding one that you love, but just really empowering women to, to take control of their lives? And I found that the best way to do that was to create community, right? Because they say we are you know, the, it's the, you know, the five people you spend the most time with, it's actually wild. I'm reading a book right now that the stats are actually staggeringly more than that. Like, it's not just the people you spend time with. It's like the people that they spend time with and the people that they spend time with and our social media presences are impacting us in, in so many ways. So I was like, if I can create this safe space for women where it's totally okay to say ridiculous things, like I want to be a billionaire or, you know, I want to retire my spouse or, you know, I want to work 10 hours a week and make six figures um, that nobody's like, you can't do that. That's a ridiculous idea. Right. So I wanted to create that space for women to dream and, and network and connect and collaborate. And so that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I've really so I've wanted to have you on this podcast for so many reasons. But the main reason is that I've always really connected with your message with your messaging. I love the way that you talk about things, whether it was sales back mm -hmm. when and and now it's more mindset stuff and and like where your brain is. And I, I love all of that. And and so you talk a lot about how you were living the life that you were supposed to live for so right. long. And I think that that's really relatable. I think that we all think about that stuff. And I talk every single day with women that either work full time and hate their jobs or they stay at home with their kids, but they're longing for some sort of like adult interaction or to use their brain in a way that they're not currently using their brain, right? And like, why are women so scared to follow their dreams, or right? Like, that sounds cheesy, but that's what it is, yeah. right? Like, why are women so afraid to make a change? Why is everybody playing small? Yeah, um, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. And I, I can only really speak from experience and from what I've seen. Um, but what I've seen, you know, first and foremost, it's the fear of judgment, right? We're like, so when I say that, you know, I was living a life that was, that was successful on paper, but wasn't mine. It was, I did all the things, right. I graduated high school. I was the salutatorian of my class at a full ride scholarship athlete, right. I went to college, um, you know, fell off, fell, fell off the perfect trajectory. When I quit playing ball after my freshman year, my parents were not excited about that. Um, finished college in three years, but then, you know, I got a job and I climbed the ladder and I got a master's degree and I got married, I bought a house and, you know, all the things that I said I was supposed to do, but none of those things were really anything that I had given any thought to doing. Like maybe I chose my career because, oh, I really like. well, actually that's a lie too. I fell into sales. It was not something I pursued. I, I found it and I was like, cool, this is fun. I can make money doing this. Um, and so I think that it's it's just this idea that if if it's if somebody else isn't doing it, like we look around and we look for pictures of success, and so many pictures of success are that that you know that perfect trajectory. Um, you know, if we if we look if we stay inside of our circle, everybody's doing the same darn thing we are. So it feels terrifying to be the one person in the group to be like, is anybody else really unhappy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, is anybody else not digging this at all? Uh, and so I think it's, it's the fear of judgment. It's the fear of, 
you know, going to your spouse or your partner or your friends and saying, Hey, I've got this wild idea. I think I want to, you know, quit this really successful job and start a business on the internet, helping moms, you know, help their babies sleep. Like people are like, what, you know, like even to say that out loud probably sounds wild. So I think it's the fear of judgment first. Um, and then we start to doubt ourselves. Right. So then we're like, what is the else going to think? And then all of a sudden we go internally and we're like, well, you know, Jane, Jane had sales experience. So this came really naturally to her. Yeah. Ryan, you came out of a sales career. So this came naturally to you. You're an extrovert. You have more time. You have more support, right? We look at all the things that the people, other people have, and we think we don't have those things. Therefore we can't have success. And so um, I think it's those two things. First, it's the fear of judgment of everybody else. And then once, and then we're like, yeah, and of course, you know, I don't have all those other things that that other person has. So I won't even find success doing that. I think that's where it really comes from. Yeah, I think that that's right. And I see a lot of that in my business. I see a Mm -hmm. lot of fear around Mm -hmm. making decisions that in the grand scheme of life aren't like such huge decisions, you know? Um, and like even taking baby steps feels like climbing a mountain for mm-hmm. some. And, and sometimes when you just like take that first baby step, then you realize like, oh, that wasn't a big deal. Like yeah. I could I could do that. Right? right. But, but in the moment, I think it, it feels really paralyzing and. But that is shame. how we climb mountains, like one step at a time. Yeah. Right. Like we all stand at the bottom of the mountain and we look at the top of the mountain and that's all that we see is the top of the mountain. And we're like, oh my God, how are we going to get there? And then we, you know, stress out about all the things that could go wrong on our way up the mountain and da, 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 da. Uh, But then really, I mean, you climb a mountain one step at a time, like that's it. Right. Um, I was actually just in Sedona last weekend um, and I did climb a mountain. It's very fun. <laughs> but if you ever want to feel like really flipping small and you want everything to like the, the decisions that feel big, go stand next to a mountain. Right. And then you realize like God created this. You know, like this is, this is it. And then like, oh, I'm just this tiny little human, uh, not in a not powerful way, but then you realize like, oh, it's, it's just a decision and it, it could or could not be the right one or the wrong one. And, and that's okay. Um, but I, I find that anytime I'm feeling like it feels really heavy, Jane, or feels really big, or it feels beyond me, for me, it's go outside. Right. And I, I live in Missouri. There are no mountains here. So I can't just like go play in the mountains whenever I want. <laughs> and so I'm just going outside, like standing by a lake like going somewhere where it's quiet. And then it all of a sudden makes me realize like how big and cool the world is and how like this moment, this too shall pass. I really like that. That's um, more like spiritual than I tend to yeah. get on a regular yeah. basis, but I really appreciate that because I think that there's truth to that. You know, we all feel like everything we're doing is so big right. and really it's all so small, right? right. No, yeah, I was, I um, that. We went to this. So again, I live in Missouri, so there's no mountains here, but there's lakes. So last summer we were on vacation. Um, we go the Lake of the Ozarks is the big lake here. And it's about three hours from us, but I just paddle boarded out um, and was at like the end of like the dock where everybody was. And just looking around like this giant lake and all these houses and all these trees. And all of a sudden, yeah, just, you feel so tiny at that point. You're like, oh, this thing that feels this bag of rocks that it feels like I'm carrying really isn't that heavy. When you look at all of the stuff around us, uh, but sometimes we need that reminder because it can, I mean, it can feel really, really heavy some days, but I find that backgrounding myself in nature really helps. Yeah. I love that. Let's, let's talk a little bit about reinvention because mm-hmm. I think you're reinventing yourself 
a little okay. bit right now. <laughs> and um, I support women who are in a stage of working to reinvent themselves. And I think a lot of the time, for whatever reason, reinvention, reinvention feels really hard, especially for women. And I think it feels easier to just like stay put and keep plugging along and doing what you're doing. And, and women are often, we're seeking permission. We're looking, we sort of touched on this. We're looking to our partners, to our friends, to our colleagues, to see if they think it's okay that we do this thing that's going to make us feel great. And I'm like, so how do we get past this? How do you get past that feeling of worrying about what others think and, and seeking permission? And how do you just decide to, to go for it? Yeah, well, let's talk about reinvention first. Then we'll talk about, about making decisions. So the reason I use the word reinvention instead of pivot is because to me, pivot implies I was a basketball player, right? Like pivot implies that like one foot stays put, right? Like a pivot in basketball, like one foot has to stay put and you can pivot around. Reinvention is like take both legs and move, right? So yeah, going from having a career to, you know, starting a business as a sleep consultant or as anything else is a total reinvention. And I think that the reason that we are so scared of that is because it's not a pivot, right? We, we can wrap our brain around, a brain around pivoting, right? We're like, cause I can still kind of stay in my comfort zone and pivot slightly, right? But like reinvention is, is get up and move. And, and that's terrifying uh, because we feel like we're starting over. And I don't even like to say, cause people keep asking me like, you know, obviously my, my content has taken a hard shift in the past three to four months. A lot of things have changed for me and, you know, people ask me about it all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I, I had to, this is not, this is not a pivot. It's a total reinvention, but I'm not starting over. I get to take all of that experience, all of the things that I learned from my corporate career, from getting a master's degree, from the businesses I've started, I get to take it with me, right? Like we're never really starting over everything that you've learned in any career that you've had and any experiences you have, you get to take it with you. So for me, it's just a reinvention is we get to take all of those, those tools that we have in our tool belt, all the things that the skills that we've amassed, the relationships that we've built, you know, the experiences we've had, and now we get to rebuild um, something really cool, something that we actually flipping want. Um, so to me, that's what like reinvention is. And then how do you just decide? Um, it, it, I know this is an oversimplification. It's just like, it just is a decision and it's, it's blind trust in yourself and whatever guidance you believe in um, that like, this is on your heart for a reason, right? Like if, if, it, if you feel pulled to start a business as a sleep consultant, it's on your heart for a reason, right? There's something about helping moms, it's something about helping families that feels really, really good to you. And you have to trust that, you know, it, it was all, it all happened for a reason. The fact that you were introduced to Jane, the fact that you are in this ecosystem doesn't happen by accident, right? Maybe you even went looking for it, right? Um, and to me, there, there, there are no accidents, there are no coincidences. So it's, it's deciding that this is on my heart for a reason. This is something that lights me up in some way for a reason and, and making a decision. But I think the, the reason that women agonize over decisions is we're afraid of making the wrong decision or we make a decision and then we share our decision with somebody else and they don't agree with it. And then we backtrack. Right. Um, and to me, it, like one of the things that I've talked about a million times with my clients over the years, James, is, is like successful people make decisions quickly and they don't think twice. Right. They just don't. I think there's like a really good Michael Jordan quote around that that I can't think of. But it's like, why, why would I think about all that? I was, like I made the decision, period, end of like, why would I go back and agonize over it? Try to rethink it. Maybe it was the wrong one. It's just this is the decision that I made. Because there's um, always I, more decisions to make. Like that one decision is not the end. I, so no. I really identify with that. I make decisions very quickly. Like, you know, yeah. recently I hired a Pinterest manager just to give you uh -huh. an example. And like I talked to three people. 
one of them was awesome. The other two were mediocre. Done. Like, let's right. go. And and then if I'm wrong about her, which by the way, I wasn't because we've been working together for a couple months and she's great. But, but if I was wrong about her, then like, see you later. Go find someone else. Like, like, right. Like you just, you make a decision and, and then you make another one and another one, and another one, and you move on. Right. 100%. Yeah, we're on the same, we're on the same. Page. And, and I think it's a matter of understanding that like, when you make a, a wrong decision and I'm using air quotes right now, like that's to be expected. Like, I think when we do yeah. something and it doesn't work out right, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, had you hired this Pinterest manager and it'd been not a good fit, you know, we have this terrible habit of like beating ourselves up over it and all this other garbage where it's like, dude, it's just, okay, cool. Didn't work out. Like it doesn't mean anything about me, but every time excuse me, something like that happens. We like, we may, we internalize it and then we don't trust ourselves and then we don't trust the, the nudges in our gut and all this stuff. But I mean, this started when we were, we were adolescents. Like there's nothing wrong with you if you're feeling this way. Um, like I remember the first time I was told, um, that like the way I was, was not okay. was like in middle school and it, you know, I've always been a little loud and opinionated. <laughs> <Adelox> <laughs> say. Um, and I was told at a very young age that like, no people, especially boys, boys do not like that. Right. Like boys are intimidated. Like you, they, by you, they don't want to be told what to do. Like I remember being told that in like middle school, you know? So like my entire life, I'm like, okay, the way that I am is wrong is literally, you know, internalize that when you're 12. So there's nothing wrong with you. If you're feeling this way, it's just a matter of realizing that you're not feeling this way because you feel this way. It's because somebody else told you to behave this way. Um, and I think that's important too, uh, because if it doesn't feel in alignment with you, uh, then it's just not for you. And that doesn't mean that things aren't hard. That doesn't mean that we don't have hard periods. Growing a business is super flipping hard. And anybody who tells you otherwise is lying to you, but um, not hard for the reasons you think that it's hard, right? It's hard because of the identity shift you have to make um, to do it, not because the work is hard, right? Especially in the work that you all do. Like you, you help, you help make families' lives better. Like it doesn't get better than that, man. Right. Like, so for me, it's really understanding that the, um, you know, it's, it's, it's choose your heart, right. You've, we've all seen that meme on, on social media. It's choose your heart, go to a job you hate every day or do, you know, learn how to, you know, market yourself on social media, you know, um, hate your boss and everything about the work you do and feel like really crappy about it or, um, do work you really enjoy every day. Like pick your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And it is all hard, right? Like, I'm, I'm successful. It's still hard. Like people think it comes easy and like things may come naturally to people, but it's still hard work. Like everything, everything we do is hard work and it never ends because when you're trying to grow, like taking that next step is always, it's always something else, right? Like it's never ending. Like there is no finish line. I love what you just said there though. You were like, just because it comes naturally to me, doesn't mean it's not hard. I think that's really important to point out, right? Like, because a lot of people think, oh, you know, Jane, it comes so naturally to her. But that doesn't mean that it's not uncomfortable. You're never uncomfortable. You're never, you know, it's just you, you do the things anyway. The perfect I'm constantly, I'm constantly uncomfortable. And that's what people, I think, fail to realize is that, I, you know, I think that in order to grow, you know, we've all seen the quotes, like you have to be uncomfortable to grow. And um, I've just gotten comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? right. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, they t- it's, it's super cliche, right? But like success, everything you want is outside of your comfort zone. Like it's so totally true. And I think anybody who's telling you otherwise is probably not giving you the whole picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's talk about success. Right. Because like some people, 
make it and some people don't, right? right. Um, and that's true in anything, in entrepreneurship, it's true in like regular old jobs, right? Like some people make it and mm -hmm. some people don't. Um, when it comes to entrepreneurship, what would you say is like the major differentiator between those that, that figure it out and those that don't? It's redefining failure, right? To me, the only way that you fail is if you quit, if you stop, right? Um, to me, that is the only, but like every time you reach out to a prospect or a potential client and they say no, we're like, oh, I failed, right? Every time we post something on social media and we don't get all the love and the likes and everything that we wanted, oh my gosh, we failed, right? And, and I see women define that as failure and therefore, you know, and we only have so much threshold for failure. So for me, it's just redefining what is failure to you. Like if you were to genuinely fail on this journey, that is life, what would that look like? And for me, to, staying safe and teaching my children that we do stuff we don't want to do because it feels safe was a way bigger failure than, you know, putting myself out there and potentially making all of our dreams come true and creating total generational change in our family. So for me, like failure was, was that like being that example to my kids um, that, you know, oh yeah, we don't really like this job, but we do it because we feel like we have to, like that's failure to me, not, you know, sometimes we launch stuff and it doesn't go well. You know, I was selling a retreat and we ultimately decided to, to cancel it because we didn't get the enrollments that we needed. And so, you know, I could do that as, see that as failure. I can be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do retreats. Maybe this isn't for me. Da, 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 da. And, you know, I'm not doing that. I'm hosting a, another retreat in June, which I'm really excited about. And that's just what we're going to do. So I think it's the redefinition of failure. It doesn't matter what you're doing, parenting, a job, a business. It's, it's what you define failure to be. Cause it, it is true that we have a very, our, our threshold for failure is pretty low, but if you can change what failure is, then you can deal with all the crap when it doesn't go your way. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And you're not the first person to have said that on this very podcast, um, really? and others say the exact same thing. Yeah, I think that I think that it's so true that the only way that you really fail is to quit. Um, right. I, I hear that a lot, and I think it's really, really true. And I think that there's a lot of mindset work that goes into getting your own brain to a place where you can really, truly accept that to be sure. the truth, yeah. right? Because you know we hear that, and easier said than done, right? Sure. Because it feels like crap to have mm -hmm. a program where nobody signs up that feels like a failure in air quotes right yeah. but but it's not a failure because how much can we learn from those experiences and and what data can we collect and how can we you know either pivot or reinvent right based on that information that we scooped up from that little experiment and right. i think you know willingness to try new things and to uh continue to put one foot in front of the other when it feels hard is what separates the good from the great 100% in literally yeah. anything uh, you were speaking and it made me think jane of um Scholarship athletes, like I think the data is it's like less than 1% of high school athletes be, go on to play college, right? Less than 1% of high school athletes go on to play college ball at any level, not just the division one level, literally any level, but like go tell a 14 year old that they might as well not even play baseball because they don't have a shot of going college to going to college to play. Like, would you ever do that to your kids? Right. Like, would you ever be like, you know what, let's just not even try out 
for the the volleyball team because you know you have less than a one percent chance of getting uh you know of getting a scholarship to play ball you know we would never do that. Like we would never do that to our children. Like, I don't know why we do it to ourselves, but that was the, what I was thinking of as where success is such a small percentage, but that's one of them. But there are, you know, thousands, if not millions of kids that play sports every single day, hoping that, some, you know, they might get an opportunity to continue their career past high school. Um, and nobody tells them to stop trying or right. to not practice or because your team isn't good. There's no way in the world. Like I was a full ride scholarship athlete. My team was terrible. Like I never went to nationals as an athlete. We weren't good. And even my freshman year that I actually did play volleyball, we were three and 21 Jane. Right. <laughs> right. But I was still a division one athlete. Right. So, but nobody ever told me I was a failure because the school that I went to sucked at volleyball. That never happened. <laughs> so why do we do that to ourselves right. when it comes to chasing our own dreams? Right. And obviously like sucking at volleyball is relative. Like you were at a D one school. So you you weren't that bad. Right. That's what I'm saying. But we, I could have made that mean all sorts of things about me, about the school, about my ability. And I was just like, yeah, cool. Yeah. And, you know, I think comparison is the thief of joy, right? They say Mm -hmm. that. And I think that that's really true. You know, I think a lot of time women, especially spend a whole lot of time comparing themselves to each other and comparing themselves to, you know, I see people who take my program or comparing themselves to me and that's not fair to them or to anybody, you know, that's not doing them any service, you know? Um, Everybody has to figure out their own path up the mountain, right? Like Mm -hmm. the road is not the same for every single person. The journey does not look identical. And, you know, I think, part of the key to success. I think not giving up is, is huge and having the right. right mindset is huge. And then also being willing to like pave your own path that is right. truly I, authentic, which mm-hmm. is, I think what you're doing really right now, which is really cool is that you're Thank like, you. you're, you're paving your own path on your journey. That's inspiring you. That's lighting you up. That's what I've done. You know, what I started doing a handful of years ago looks very different from what I'm doing now. And mm-hmm. maybe three or four years from now, it's going to look really different again. Exactly. And and that's okay. You have to be willing to pave right. your own path and and do, do business, do entrepreneurship or whatever you're doing in a way that, that lights you up and that works for you. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, to all of that. I mean, yeah, it's just life in general. It is ridiculous to look, you know, to your left and to your right. And, you know, we make a lot of assumptions about people's circumstances and um, their journey. And yeah, everyone looks to Jane, like, oh, Jane's super successful, but like, you know, Jane's five years ahead of you in your journey. Right. So when you're trying to compare yourself to Jane and her journey as sleep consultant, that's, that's crazy town, but that's yeah. what we do. Right. We never stop to ask that question of like, oh, how long have you been doing this? And then figure out that that person has been doing it for exponentially longer than us. Instead, we're just like, oh, well, I'm not as good as that person. So I'm going to stop now. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about community because you and I both are all about community. Uh, I place a really, really heavy emphasis on community in my program. I think that women are stronger when they collaborate than, Mm -hmm. you know, when we compete. I think that we're, we're all stronger together. We have really amazing brains and really great ideas. And we all have varying levels of expertise in different categories. And and we all lift each other up when, when Mm -hmm. the culture, when, when the culture allows for that. Um, Why would you say that community is so important? And and then tell us what you're doing to foster community in your universe right now. 
Yeah. So there's a lot of data around community and in general, and like the likelihood of being um, successful when surrounded by other successful people. Um, so there's the science behind it. Um, I'm not a scientist, so that's what I'm going to talk about today. <laughs> but there is a lot of scientific data that shows you that community. But if you go back to like caveman days, right? Like way, way, way back, like being out, like being ousted, being kicked out of the tribe was like, it was a death sentence, right? When you were a cave, if you got left behind, um, you were going to get eaten by a tiger, right? Or whatever yeah. animal it was. So like that to me, we don't, we downplay that, but it's like, no, no, no. We were never meant to do life alone. Like that was never an intention. And again, not, not to go like too far spiritually or down my faith path, but like, you know, there was, there was Adam and God made Eve because he wasn't meant to do life alone. So whether you go the science route or the religion route, right? Like either way, it is, it is very clear that we were never designed to do life alone. So I think that's the first thing is, is we're, we're not designed. So, um, and then there's the science around the importance of our community and um, their, those people and their habits and the ability to, to connect, I think is so, so, so important. Um, but I think the importance of community is also around um, just having a safe space to go um, and be yourself, right? There are a lot of places where we can't do that, you know, um, good, bad, or otherwise, right? But having a place where you can take off all the armor, right? Outside of your home, you know, having a place to do that safely, I think is, is really important. And it's a big part of personal growth. If we never take off the armor, if we're never vulnerable, if we never have a, a place to go and connect, it just festers, right? It just festers into bad, negative, gross energy. And I, and I know that because I was there, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months ago at this point in the game where, yeah, there was nowhere to go to like put it down. There was nowhere to go and really be seen. And I mean, it, it was, my nervous system was shot. I was stressed out. I was miserable. Um, not because I needed more information or a coach or anything else. I just needed a place to go where I could share what I was experiencing with people who were not going to judge me for that. So I think to me, that's where community is so important. And that is why I be in the room um, became my, my move when I decided to step out of, of sales is because I found that that was very common. Once women reach a certain level of success um, in career, in life, whether it's in business or in a job or whatever, there's not a lot of people who understand. There's not a lot of people that you can go to and have those conversations. And um, I wanted to create a space for the me back in June, July of last year, that was miserable and stressed out and frustrated and feeling just very alone and isolated. And that's where we get lost in our head and we get lost in our drama. And we start telling all these stories um, because it's all just fueled by us, right? You've, you've heard the whole idea of like, like attracts like, right? Like the more that we stay in our heads, the more we get of that. So for me, I wanted to create a space where women could come together and say, Hey, I had a really crappy day or my launch was a complete failure or, you know, come to a place and say, Hey, I just wrote a tax check for more than I made in 2016 and be celebrated for that, um, in that same space. So for me, I wanted to create that community because I think so often we think it's more information, another certification, another course, another degree, you know, I need more information. I need to be better. I need to practice harder. And sometimes as are not, that's not actually what you need. Um, oftentimes it is just a safe space to land and talk through things out loud. Um, another reason I'm really passionate about the community we're building, Jane, is because marketing has told us to niche down, 
right? And there's nothing wrong with that. We need to do that. But we have niched down to a point where we have left really smart women out of conversations because we only put million dollar business owners in this bucket, right? We put um, the mompreneurs in this bucket. We put people with jobs, like they're not even allowed on the island, heaven forbid, right? <laughs> uh, you know, right. we put people who desire to build lifestyle businesses that make a couple thousand dollars a month um, and support their family beautifully in this bucket. But by doing that, I think we're, we're, we're missing the opportunity for true collaboration. And to me, that is really my true mission is, is if we collaborate at all different levels, all different skill levels, all different business levels, that's really where change happens in a big way. Um, and our quality of life is better. And when we're better, we can be better moms. We can be better wives. We can be better business owners. We can be better, you know, whatever it is you want to do, be a better employee, be a better sleep consultant, be a better human, like whatever that, you know, but when we have to, it starts with us. Um, we just recently posted something on social media that like the only place we're told to put our oxygen mask on first is on an airplane. <laughs> and that's, I think it's, it's totally backwards. We always have to have our oxygen mask on first. And that's what I seek to provide in the be in the room community. Yeah, I love that. I'm really excited that you're doing this. I think it's much needed. Uh, I feel like we sort of we live parallel lives a little bit like we both a few years ago were all about the hustle and the sales yeah. and that, you know, and now, and now I am sort of also coming into my own recognizing the value of community. And that is a huge emphasis of our program through Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. We're all about bringing sleep consultants together that are those that are just getting started, those that are making six figures, everything in between, those that are doing it part-time, those that are doing it full-time, right? Like everybody looks different. We can all learn from one another. And I love that you are doing something similar in be in the room. And it's, it's so needed. And it's, it really is, I think, like, the key to success is having this community. Um, I see this with my, with my students in the program, they, and this is what was lacking. You know, right. when I when I went and got trained, I didn't feel like I had that community. And, right. and that's what I saw was missing. And that, that's the entire reason for why, for why I even created my own program is because women crave uh, collaboration and communication, all the C words, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they want to get together and learn from one another and be inspired by one another and, and just feel like they know other people that are mm -hmm. on a similar journey. I think that that's really mm -hmm. helpful. And the thing is, is our male counterparts do this, men do this, like, it, think of like golf, right? Um, yes. Like the golf membership is the perfect example of this. Like men, men do this. There are places for community, you know, sometimes it's the gym, right? Um, even like I think of like the CrossFit environment. And yes, women go to CrossFit, but like there are, there are communities like this for, um, you know, um, so our male counterparts are already doing this. There's a lot of data to show it. Like the lack of networking community is a lot of what continues to keep like the gauge, the wage gap and stuff like that existent um, because our male counterparts do this. And as women, we do not. Um, and oftentimes it's because we, we say we don't have the time, right? Like we don't have the time for that. You know, we prioritize, we're always taught to put ourselves last. So, um, you know, but this, this is being done. This is not a new concept. It's just women haven't prioritized it because we've prioritized everybody else. Yeah. So tell everyone where mm -hmm. they can learn more about be in the room sure. and yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, thank you for that opportunity. So our website is be in the room .org. Um, we have a Facebook group and a podcast by the same name. Um, so you're welcome to follow along. If you would like to connect personally, I'm at Ryan Dowdy official, um, on 
Instagram and on TikTok and just Ryan with two N's Dowdy on Facebook or LinkedIn. I'm an open networker. I love people. I love serving. So um, wherever, wherever you choose to connect, that's, you know, I, I would love that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.